Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Friday, August 19th. In this episode, we'll review the week three of the Premier League fixtures. We'll go through the madness of what's happening in the transfer market. Apparently, everyone's going to United. But first, we have to address that Mike isn't here. Uh, Mike's not here. He's on assignment. He's out in the world. He's in the streets. In the fallout of the Chelsea-Tottenham uh, battle of battle of the bridge 2.0, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk as much as I would have liked to, but I think my final comment on Mike's sort of irrational hatred of Chelsea and all these all things Chelsea is, and I'd like to challenge him to it, is Chelsea were fantastic. And the fact that they didn't win is absurd. I think the big thing is, is that they played really, really well better than I would have expected and much more in line with how we expected Chelsea to play over the course of the season. If Chelsea are going to play that way, they may push to that top three. So that's the big takeaway that I have there. Another thing that I'm taking away from Chelsea is there's a notion that that team needs a striker more than it needs anything else. I'm not sure if that is true. What Chelsea need are creative midfielders to get people who are making these runs to take better shots. So there is the there are these simple narratives that are just so boring and stupid and really annoying and I'm going to see if I can just do this without the headset because I my ears keep showing disappearing like I'm wearing Princess Leia's headset. There are these annoying narratives around Chelsea and their strikers that really are tired, lazy, and boring. The punditry of the world doesn't really allow for or allow the concepts of nuance of the total package of a team being how the thing works. It's very focused on a single player. They need a defender. They need a this. They need a that. When in fact, teams can improve by lifting other sections in which they're weak, right? Like it's not a knock on Mason Mount that he's not a great forward passer of the ball. It's not a knock on Jorginho that he's not a great forward passer of the ball. They have skills, but those skills that have been emphasized, or Conte, who maybe not anymore, but was literally the greatest player without the ball in the world. You could make that argument. Like, without the ball, there's no player you'd rather have on your team than N'Golo Conte. But Mason Mount is similar, very good presser, very good player without the ball. He can take balls and turns, but by having players like that, you're going to have problems scoring goals. You're going to have problems getting balls to strikers. So think about things in more depth. I think I would ask people and our fans who watch the show to try and think past the first line, go three levels deep, like, why is Harry Maguire a terrible defender? And all of a sudden, is it because there's no one in front of him making sure everything's fine? 
why does why is Manchester City so good all the time? Really pick a player out and watch them the whole game. For City, I would say really watch Rodri. Watch what he does. Watch when he gets the ball from the defense, how he turns, and how he moves it. These players that are fulcrums and very important for how teams flow in their buildup, try and, you know, we can't watch all 11 players. We do look for goals, and that's exciting. But when you want to go a little bit deeper, watch different things, right? Like, watch when Chelsea plays how infrequently someone in the middle of the park passes the ball forward into a forward that he can run onto and shoot. It's so hard for them to create anything that it makes all their strikers always look bad. Like Lukaku looks bad. Morata looks bad. They've had the same problem for years. They don't have creative midfielders to, to make passes. Not everybody can be t- Kevin De Bruyne. I get it. That's fine. But just something to think about. Anyway, that's my talk about deeper philosophical things about football. The My concept of it's a weak link sport or a player has some skills but not all skills. And if that player's skill is on your team, what does that do to the players in front of him or the players behind him? It's all connected. If you've played FIFA Ultimate Team, you know that all the lines connect and make things move. Okay. Anyway, let's go through the schedule and I'll put a little blurb onto every single game as I go through them. I'm going to use the betting lines. The first game of the day is Tottenham Hotspur v. Wolves at Tottenham. The line on our friends at BetUSA is money line, Tottenham minus 265, and Wolverhampton Wanderers plus 750. That plus 750 is looking a little juicy. The draw is 425. I kind of like it. I don't want to necessarily bet it. So uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers come into this game. They've just made another transfer by. Um, they are trying to get their team together. They have played well. They are, I believe, 0-2, or they have a draw. Um, wolves are sitting. Where are Wolves? Wolves, Wolves, Wolves. I'm looking at the table. Ah, Wolves, a draw and a loss. They probably sh- They're at minus one goal difference. They probably should have beat Fulham. Potence and Neto are getting on the ball. Their issue is with the striker. They're trying to change the way they play. But I don't think they have played poorly. Uh, this is a this is a gut check game for Spurs. Can they break Wolves down? Wolves have been historically a good defensive team. Uh, plus 750 for Wolves' money line says that people believe that Spurs are going to win this game. For me, I think it's a stay away, but it is juicy, and I have thought about it quite a bit. Uh, Spurs minus one and a half goals, so minus two. They're giving Spurs uh, a chance. It's plus 110. So they think that Spurs can't beat, win, beat if Spurs win, they're only going to win by one goal. Uh, so they're trying to get you to bet more than one goal win. Uh, that's kind of a good bet. I think if, if you're going to bet Spurs to win, winning by more than one is an interesting bet at plus 110. Uh, interesting game. I would say stay away from this one or the, yeah, stay away. I think Conte is going to have the boys fired up, especially Spurs at home. Next game, Fulham v. Brentford. Uh, Brentford, we know, are coming off the huge win against Manchester United where they completely dominate them. They are uh, it. Almost at the top of the league, uh, Brentford are one and one with a plus four goal difference. Only two undefeated teams in the league. Fulham are yet have have two draws. 
have shown a good account of themselves. They probably could have beat Wolves if they'd made their penalty. Jose Sa, again, is the master of saving penalties and going above his expected goals number. But Fulham have looked good. I think they've done good transfers. Their midfielder of Paulinho, I would really want to have a look at Pauline Ha, Paulina, uh, from Portugal. I really want to have a look at him. Apparently, he's very good. But I do, I have a lot of concerns. Any team with Tim Ream in defense at 34 years old, he's shit on the U.S. team. How the hell is he supposed to be good for Fulham? So I don't trust him at all. But, uh, and Brentford will send Ivan Tony and Mbwomo towards his side. So you can expect this one to be a tough one. These two teams have a really big history in the championship. They both um, sort of fight with each other. There was a, there's a song that Brentford sings as we are going up and Fulham's going down. Completely unnecessary, but they just have a beef from the championship, which is good. They're both in West London. So this is actually a pretty local rivalry, but there isn't any beef that we know about yet. Maybe this is the game where it can really kick off. These are the great things about promotion and relegation, about the size of England. Fulham and Brentford are probably, I could look it up, but I'm not going to, probably three miles away from each other. If that, both on both on the Thames. Anyway, interesting, interesting stuff. Fulham FC, not far from the Hammersmith Odeon. Not far from Hammersmith for the Smith fans out there uh, who want to know things about that. Uh, the line here, uh, money line is... Plus 150 for Fulham to win and plus 190 for Brentford. Either one of these I think is a good bet. Nice juicy number here for either one at plus 150 for Fulham or plus 190 for for Brentford. It's kind of a pick em. I think I would look for Brentford to I – th- I think I like Brentford at plus 190. The draw is plus 245. It's not a stay away. I think you could pick either one. So I would recommend whichever you like better. If you are if you come from Fulham, USA, take Brentford plus 150. If you really like what you saw from Brentford uh, against Man United, take them at plus 190. Maybe work them in to a couple of uh, other items. Even the even the handicap is a pick em. It's plus, minus 125 for Fulham, uh, plus 105 for Brentford. I'm going to not sit on the fence, and I'm going to say... Let's hit Brentford on the, on the plus 190. Also, another game with two teams. So After that, these are the 10 a.m. games. Tottenham is the early game, so the noon kickoff. And then the 3 p.m. games. We have a bunch here, so we should get a decent goal rush If for those kids on Peacock. We're going to have one, two, three, four games, and we'll cover those in order. That was the 10 o'clock game was Fulham-Brentford. The next game is Palace versus Aston Villa. Two teams that get off the schneid. I think Palace has played really well. They had a plan against Liverpool. They sucked up pressure. They did get a 1-1 draw. Wow. At Anfield. Hard. Let me tell you, as a City fan, getting anything from Liverpool at Anfield is fucking impossible. Getting it uh, uh, getting it um, against Palace is, is, is even more crazy. They're playing Aston Villa, who got their win. This is at Selhurst. Pal- Palace to win is plus 155. Aston Villa, a tasty plus 195 on the money line. I like that one. This is very similar, very similar line to the Fulham versus Brentford, Palace versus Aston Villa. I you might consider a parlay of, of say, Brentford. Let's see what the what the parlay is here. 
Let's see what the parlay is for these two teams. Let's see what we can get here. Let me just log in real quick to my betting account so I can get you the parlay number. Here's my, maybe this is going to be my pick of the day. Here we go. Ready? How about we parlay Brentford at minus, at plus 190 with Aston Villa. Sorry, with Crystal Palace at plus 155. That is a tasty plus 600. I rather like that. So bet 10 to get 63. Juicy, juicy. I like that. So let's see. Sorry, plus 500. It's plus 500 if you parlay Palace at home with Brentford away. I think I'm going to take that bet, but uh, not really bet on the games individually. So that's 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 an interesting one right there. I kind of like that. Villa at plus 95 is also a really good bet. Maybe we go we we sort of hedge and take. Villa away, Fulham at home, or, or and Brentford away and Palace at home. You could sort of mix and match and do those two bets just to try and cover your bases. See if you like either team to win, but then you like the other side and the other side. Two interesting bets. These are sort of fun ways to sort of play with the game. But I really like I really like these two games. These are going to be really competitive games. Two teams that are evenly matched. Fulham and Brentford recently promoted versus highest scoring team in the league in Fulham. Brentford, we already know about. Then Palace coming off a big win at home against Villa, who just played well. So in two interesting games back-to-back in the 10 a.m. window. Then we have Everton against Nottingham Forest. Everton at home or minus 105, getting half a goal at minus 110. Nottingham Forest plus 320. Um, I don't trust Forest yet. They've added 15 players and had another one today. So they've completely rebuilt their squad. They did get a very, very, very lucky win at home against uh, West Brom last week, while Everton, I believe Everton lost last week. They lost 1-0, is that right? Let me just let me just double check. Everton last week. Yeah, Everton lost to Aston Villa. There we go. Everton lost to Aston Villa. 2-1, but at home, they're a different proposition. You should expect Everton to come with force, come with energy. I, we still don't know where the goals are going to come from, but I would expect uh, Everton to try to as a favorite. I think a good bet for this game would be the plus 250 on the draw. Everton are really bad, and I think I like Steve Cooper much better as a coach than I do um, than I do. Uh, Frank Lampard. So for this game, I think I take the draw at plus 250 rather than Everton to win at minus 105 or Nottingham Forest money line plus 320. I'd go for the draw here and see what see how see if Forest and this is a a draw is really a bet that Everton can't score. That's my guess there. Next of the 10 games is Leicester City minus 320 money line versus Southampton. Southampton are an interesting team. They've got a lot of young players, a lot of City players. This is a big number at plus 310 against Leicester, who give up goals all the time. However, they did pick up the two goals late against the show, a lot of fight back versus Everton. I'm not sure. This is a this is a is this is a this is a line here at plus 310 for Southampton asking, is Southampton terrible? Is Southampton terrible? So that's the question there. 
this is a stay away from me. Uh, the draw is plus 300. I wouldn't touch this one. I'm not sure what I'm going to get from Leicester at minus, three tw- uh, minus 120 at home, and I don't know what I'm going to get from Southampton at plus 310. I like the plus 310, but I'm not going there. Then the late game Saturday, Bournemouth versus Arsenal. We already know what we're getting from Bournemouth. They set the record for highest underdog value at plus 3,500 <laughs> uh, away. Uh, Arsenal are getting a lot of respect here as a favorite, minus 230 going to take a lot to win a lot of money here um this is also a stay away from me arsenal minus a goal and a half is plus 120 hmm that's kind of tasty so that's betting that arsenal will win by two hmm hmm interesting i think that's the bet i would take if i thought arsenal was going to win i would take arsenal plus two Minus one and a half at plus one twenty could be interesting. Maybe you parlay that with a with a goal scorer. Then we go on to Saturday. West Ham winning in the Conference League. Oh, against my beloved Brighton. See, I ain't. This is scary. Our our plus one thirty at home, um, having played on the Thursday. See where they are there. That would touch the line for me against Brighton, who are terrible at home but great on the road. Brighton are back in there, the fighting Brightons. They're plus 220 coming off the draw that they got at home to Newcastle. I like Brighton away money line at plus 220. That's going to be my And I'll come back and summarize all these and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get my final recommendations in the end. Uh, but if I was going to bet on this game, I'd take Brighton money line plus 220 the draw is 245 i don't think brighton are going to draw west ham are going to sit back and soak brighton up brighton will just need to get a goal and i think they can hang with um brighton i don't think there's that much between these teams i just don't trust west ham coming off the thursday game against brighton away who are a really good team on the road next game saturday sunday is leeds versus chelsea Leeds are a plus 500 at home against Chelsea. Leeds shipped two goals in the last 15 minutes of that game. I don't think they're quite ready. I wouldn't touch them at plus 500. That's a really crazy dog, but crazy money has chased uh, has chased this before. Uh, putting 10 bucks on Leeds could get you could get you could win you 22 at plus 500. So. Not bad, not bad, but not a game I would touch. Not a game I would touch. Hold on a second, something's weird. Yeah, yeah, leads plus 500, 10 bucks will win you 50. It's not bad, it's not bad. It's a it's a pretty interesting long shot. And then the final game of the day, Newcastle at home is plus 800 versus Manchester City, who are a minus 270. Um, you might, if you feel like, if you feel like being a punk, let's see what the, the parlay of City away, minus 270, Chelsea away, minus 185, and then... Where's where's Liverpool? 
Oh, Liverpool's up next. And then Liverpool on Monday against United. The parlay there for the three big dogs all together. That's a uh, plus one. Wait, is that right? I think it's. And I'll win you 23. So that's plus 200. Something like that. To win all three. It's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little risky. It's a little risky. A bet worth giving a shot to. So, but uh, I, I think those dogs will all win. You're just not going to win much just doing those. You have to parlay the three together. And we're going to the Monday game, Monday night, the big one, Manchester United at Old Trafford against Liverpool are a plus 450 underdog at home. Crazy. That is a crazy. Large number. Now, last season, Liverpool beat Manchester United over and over and over again. Uh, they scored them not out, outscored them nine nil. I wouldn't touch that plus four fifty. There's a reason that number is that high. But uh, if they're gonna win a game, uh, this is the game. I would recommend one prop bet though, and it is Ronaldo to score anytime is plus 175. He is a man of the moment. And if, and I have not seen good stuff from Van Dyke. They still have injuries at the back. Uh, the midfield's a little bit shaky, so I don't know how Liverpool are going to play. But I would put a flyer on Ronaldo to score at plus 175. It's not too crazy. Not too crazy. There's tons of prop bets so uh, that are really fun that you can really mess around with, uh, you know, this, uh, if you want to look at some of the crazier, uh, big numbers United to win by four or more is plus 6,000. Um, the one that's interesting is halftime full-time, uh, draw and then Liverpool to win is plus 375, which is United hanging on or Liverpool, Liverpool is plus 150. So that's, you're, that's saying Liverpool will win, be winning at halftime and win at full time. Plus 150. Not that bad. Not that bad. And then the wild one here would be Liverpool winning at halftime, Man United winning the game at plus 330. Uh, sorry, plus 3,300. 3, wild lines, crazy numbers. So this is, this is sort of fun stuff that I do, and I kind of go through it. So let's go through it really quickly. Again, Spurs at home versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's minus 265 for Spurs, plus 750 for Wolves. I'm not touching that game. My bet there, I'm not touching that game. But if you want to, the draw is a tasty plus 425. Fulham v. Brentford, plus 150 for Fulham money line versus Brentford's plus 190. I recommend taking Brentford plus 190. Palace v. Villa, Aston Villa, uh, Palace is at home. Take plus 155 with Villa there as an individual bet. That's a nice one. And then the parlay, just so you can get a little bit of hedging uh, for my friend Brian is, the parlay is to take a parlay of 
Fulham and Aston Villa to win and bet against yourself. <laughs> I know these are, these go these are things that um, these are things that uh, oh you could do all four. Wow, I don't want to do all four. No, that that doesn't work. Anyway, the parlay could be interesting there if you wanna if you wanna mess around with either one uh, on that. But I'm gonna take Brentford plus one ninety and Villa plus one fifty five. I'm gonna put ten shinolas on each one just to have a little juice uh, on the games. Actually, I'm going to do that as a parlay. I'm going to do a parlay of Brentford and Palace. At uh, that's a plus five hundred or plus six hundred. So I'm going to put that, lock that bet in. That's my parlay for the day: Brentford and Palace uh, to win. Brentford pl- plus one ninety and Palace plus one fifty five. Whoa! So that's the that's the betting section. And, uh, and then, of course, the other one that I liked that I think is interesting would be the draw against uh, Everton and Newca- and Nottingham Forest. And that's really to say, I don't think Everton can score. So the draw is plus 250 uh, for Everton and Forest. Okay. Okay. Now, in other news, the fallout from Brentford's d- defeating of... Manchester United has been huge, massive, and all over the place. Since Sunday crashed, Manchester United have been linked with literally every single player in the world. We had Rabio coming in from Juventus. We had Ronaldo out. We had players from all over the world. We have, you know, Spain uh, uh, coming in. The big one that seems to almost be getting over the line is the world-famous Casemiro from Real Madrid, part of the vaunted greatest midfield of a generation of Kroos, Modric, and Casemiro. Casemiro coming to United for a whopping 60 million pounds uh, or euros, whatever, to take in the midfield and be that holding midfielder that United have been desperate for for at least 10 years since Michael Carrick was good. Uh, so that looks like it might be over the line. I think it's going to fail because the, again, this goes back to what I started the show on players are not valuable in a vacuum. They're valuable in the context of the way they play. Casemiro is a great holding defensive midfielder who does not have to pass the ball or do anything too drastic. He's amazing. He can do a lot of things. He's a Brazilian. He's a World Cup winner. He's won everything there is to win. He has had Luka Modric and Tony Cruz next to him his whole career. So that means that his job is to win the ball and really not worry about the next pass or how it gets to. He just has to get it to them and they do the next step. So I think he in a vacuum, he needs to either work in a, he would have to have a partnership with with Erickson would be my guess because Fred or McTominay just aren't going to work. Uh, but he is a galvanizer. He's a leader. He's got personality. Casemiro is a lot. Uh, but I think that they're missing out on the context of what makes Casemiro great versus Casemiro himself. Casemiro is a cog in a wheel, not the center of the wheel. Anyway, 
That's my take on it. Uh, if United sign Casemiro, they're still terrible. Uh, they're in complete crisis. They need to sign at least five players, and it doesn't look like they're going to sign any. So that's been going on. Um, we've had striker calls for Chelsea, lots of players coming into Chelsea. Again, we talked about that earlier. So this weird thing that's happening with the season being compressed, so there's more games. There's going to be midweek games coming up next week, and Mike and I will talk about that. And the transfer window sort of staying in the context of what it always has been. So the season started early. There's more games in the month of August, but the transfer window is ending the last day of August. So essentially we've taken this thing that used to only sort of be around while you were playing for three game weeks. So the season would start middle of August. You'd play one, two, three games at the most before the window closed. Now you're going to play six games or five games and really have your team be disrupted while there's speculation of players coming in and out. So it's an interesting dynamic that's going on uh, around the league in that regard. So a little bit of a funky process this year because of the World Cup, which in still almost 100 days away, very close to being live, very close to being available, very, very crazy. Um, Anyway, those are my picks. My pick is Palace. My parlay is Palace and Brentford. Touch that. Take Ronaldo to score against Liverpool. It's plus 125. And um, that's the schedule. Mike will be back on Monday. I'll be able to talk for more than a half an hour. I seem can only talk. I can only see. I seem to be only able to talk for a half an hour when I do this show on my own. So it's actually perfect. The shows are usually an hour long. And with Mike here, we actually give each other an hour each. So very interesting that that happens that way. Um, anyway, we will speak to you soon. I'm getting out of here. Just going to go find my, my read just because I get it wrong every time. I've been reading the same exit for every show in since forever, and I still can't get it right without uh, without reading it. Okay, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. Mike wasn't here. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review the show. Rate and review the show. It means everything. Without it, we're nothing. And we'll see you. You!